Hello, my name is Isaac Keith Martinez, and welcome to Isaac's Haunted Beard. Today, we are going to talk about three films, John Wick, John Wick 2, and John Wick 3. No, not the John Wick trilogy. It's not a trilogy, folks. It's a franchise. As of right now, they are making John Wick 4, and they'll probably make John Wick 5. So, we are going to talk about the first three films, which are currently available, and we're also going to include spoilers, so be warned. If you haven't seen these movies, you you got to make a choice. <laughs> do you want to still listen, or do you want to return to this episode later? Um, if, you, if you choose to um, not listen, I do highly recommend that you see these films if you like kick-ass action movies, which these movies are. So, <laughs> we're going to spend time today talking about the plots of the three films, and then follow it with some thoughts and some, some trivia tidbits here and there, and some, you know, just some personal opinions. So let's start with the 2014 film, John Wick. Keanu Reeves plays legendary retired assassin John Wick, who's left the business to live a normal life with his new wife. Unfortunately, his wife gets a terminal illness and dies. Before her death, she arranged to have a puppy gifted to John to help him cope with his sadness. John quickly bonds with the puppy, taking it for rides with him in his car, a 1969 Ford Mustang Mach 1. Now one day, John is filling his car up with gas at the gas station when some Russian dudes roll up to get gas. One of them offers to buy the car, but John declines his offer. This apparently offends the guy who's probably not used to people telling him no. Now, as it turns out, these guys are Russian gangsters, but young ones and impulsive. So that night, they show up to John's house, they beat him up, they steal his car, and kill his dog. This is what brings John Wick back out of retirement. Now, when I say retirement, I don't necessarily mean back into business in that he gets paid to kill people. But when your business is killing people, big part of that is killing. And when you leave that business, you leave killing. But now these, these guys, they brought John Wick out of the retirement of killing people, which is bad news for them. So as it turns out, the guy is the leader who is the leader, you know, of these thugs. He's the son of a big deal gangster. And this guy, this this big deal gangster, he knows John Wick. John Wick used to work for him. He refers to John as Baba Yaga, which the movie translates as Russian for the boogeyman. But if you look up Baba Yaga, there's more to that folklore than simply being the boogeyman. But we're not going to get into that. So this guy knows how good John is at hunting down people and killing them. So he puts his son into hiding, and to prevent his death, he puts a $2 million bounty on John Wick's life. Does that seem like a lot of money? 
to kill one guy? Well, of course it is, because it should, because John Wick ain't no regular guy. He's one of the best of all time. So you have to make a choice. If you're going to try and come after John Wick, is it worth it? Is $2 million worth it? Well, John knows in order to get to his target, he's got to plow through some people. So while John is plowing through people to get to his target, he's also dodging death by killing assassins who are trying to kill him for the bounty. While John is on his mission, he's not living at home. He's staying at a hotel in the city. Now, when I say the city, I mean New York City, where this movie takes place. He's staying at a hotel in the city called the Continental. This is a hotel that exclusively caters to the criminal underworld. And while you're there, you're safe. No assassinations are permitted on its premises. The Continental becomes more significant to the franchise in its sequels. So before this film ends, John Wick finishes his mission. When I say that, I mean, he does kill the, you know, the guy. And by the end of the movie, John is pretty beat up and he breaks into an animal clinic after hours to treat his wounds. But before he leaves, he releases a pit bull and they leave together. So now John Wick has a new dog. Now, in my opinion, if you wanted to just watch just this movie and not continue, you could do that. I feel like the story has closure. It sets up introducing the character and why he chooses to do what he does and how he succeeds at doing the thing he sets out to do. And if you wanted to end the story there, you could. I don't know why you would, but if you wanted to, uh, you could. As opposed to the sequels, where I feel like they end more with cliffhangers that lead into the film that follows it. But if you just wanted to see one story and just be one and done, you could do that with John Wick. However, um, if you have it in you to enjoy this movie, I think that you would want to continue. And if you do choose to continue, it is my opinion, and I think the general consensus of all the John Wick fans that the consistency of it, the quality of um, the the action, I mean, let's face it, we're, we're mostly here for the action, <laughs> is still solid with its sequels, which starts with the 2017 film, John Wick 2. You're going to notice, if you have seen these movies, that although I am giving spoilers, I'm not giving all the spoilers. So, I mean, I just don't want to <laughs> explain every little thing, but enough to move the story along. Now, although John Wick is technically still retired, he is approached by an old colleague to do a job. A job he can't refuse because John swore on a blood oath to help this person when they choose to call in a favor. The favor? To kill his sister. John's gangster friend's sister, who is also a gangster, has a seat of power at what is known as the high table. And if she's out of the picture, this dude gets that seat. So John kills her. And this is the first act of the film, his mission to kill her, which he does. And this dude now sets out to kill John, which is, you know, the basis for the rest of the film, because he's got to make it out like he needs to avenge his sister's death and he needs to tie up any loose ends. He doesn't want to be 
linked to his sister's murder. Now, he also knows that if he tries to kill John Wick, then John Wick will try to kill him. So he needs to protect himself, and he does so by putting a bounty on John's life for $7 million. In the meantime, John Wick tracks this guy down who is staying at the Continental, and he doesn't plan to leave until the bounty is fulfilled because of Sanctuary. And John knows this. So he breaks the rules, or at least the number one rule of the Continental, and he kills this dude. And now that he's broken the number one rule of the Continental, he's now banned from the Continental. And the bounty on his life has now been doubled to $14 million by the Continental. John Wick 2 ends with John Wick on the run. Which leads us to the 2019 film, John Wick 3, Parabellum. John Wick is on the run. He has been labeled excommunicado, and every assassin is trying to kill him. So John leaves New York City, and he hides out in Casablanca. Meanwhile, a high-table adjudicator is tracking down everyone who helped John in the second film, and telling them that they're fired from their position for helping John. In Casablanca, a big boss, possibly the biggest boss, someone who's more powerful than the highest person of position of power at the high table, he's known as the Elder. He tells John that he can no longer be excommunicado if he kills the manager of the Continental. John agrees at first, but once back in New York, he changes his mind. So, the adjudicator sends top-level assassins to kill John Wick at the Continental. And in the final act of the film, it is a full-on war in this building. At the end, John is still standing, and the adjudicator makes a deal with the manager that he can have his old job back if he kills John. He agrees. He shoots John on the roof of the Continental. John falls off the building, but like Jason Voorhees, seems unkillable. He survives the fall and he's back on the run, running right into John Wick 4, which is due out next year. It was supposed to come out last year, but from what I've read, um, and actually, before I tell you what I read, um, the plan originally was to film two films back to back, John Wick 4 and John Wick 5, but then they changed their mind and decided to just focus on making John Wick 4. Count Reeves has said he will continue to make these movies as long as they continue to be successful. So they were going to make John Wick 4, but then what I read was that one of the main reasons why he had to take a break was there was a prior commitment that he had to fill to make the Matrix Resurrections. So, as we know, the Matrix Resurrections has not only been made, it's been released. And now he is um, free to make John Wick 4. Is he making it right now? I don't know. Maybe he's making it. Maybe he's going to make it. Maybe he's already made it. But supposedly it's coming out next year. And if the original plan was to make a 4 and a 5, it's likely there'll be a 5. 
if you look at the success of the first three films, it does seem likely that part four will also be successful. I don't know. One through three certainly had the benefit of being released in theaters in a pre-pandemic world. Will that affect its performance at theaters next year? Only time will tell. We're certainly rooting for it to succeed. Uh, we are, when we are fans of a franchise, we like to see as many sequels as we can. So, yeah, of course we are. We're hoping they'll make a, a four and a five. I'm sure they can figure out ways to continue to make John Wick um, needing to be a part of some sort of mission. All three John Wick films were directed by Chad Stahelski. Did I say that correctly? His last name is spelled S-T-A-H-E-L-S-K-I. I don't know. I'll say it that way. Chad Stahelski. Chad was a stuntman before he was a film director. He was Keanu's stunt double in the Matrix franchise. That's where they met. On a side note, Chad was also one of Brandon Lee's stunt doubles in The Crow. You know, uh, the concept of a stunt double befriending the movie star that he's stunt doubling for and then going on to make their own movies and then making the person they stunt doubled for the star of their movies. This reminds me of Hal Needham, who started off as a stunt double for Burt Reynolds before becoming a film director himself and started making films starring Burt Reynolds. Since the success of the John Wick films, Chad has been attached to five different projects besides feature John Wick films. The one that personally interests me the most is a reboot of the Highlander franchise, which is currently being planned as a trilogy. I'm a big fan of Highlander. Not so much the sequels or the series, but the OG first movie. I love Highlander. Although Chad doubled for Keanu in the Matrix films, Keanu did 90% of his own stunts in the John Wick films, which includes fighting and driving. And if you've seen the movies, which I'm guessing you have, you know that driving is a big part of these movies. A lot of cool, dangerous-looking chasings and car stunts. A lot of fighting in these movies. This movie has... I'd say these movies have amazing action sequences. I don't consider myself an action film aficionado, but I do like cool action movies. And I think that these movies are great action films. Keanu Reeves claims in interviews that he does not know martial arts. Cause I caught myself wondering that like, does he know martial arts? Cause it certainly looks like he knows martial arts. I looked into it now. He has trained in karate, Aikido, Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, Krav Maga, and Wush. So does Keanu Reeves actually know martial arts and he's just being humble? Or is his on-screen example of fighting skills all just movie magic? I don't know. I would imagine of all the training he's done for choreographed fight scenes, some or a lot <laughs> must have rubbed off on him. Does that mean he can fight you <laughs> in real life. Like if he, I can't imagine any scenario in Keanu Reeves's life where he would need to defend himself physically. But for the sake of this example, let's say he fought a person. Has he retained enough information 
training for scenes in movies where he had to learn different martial arts, where he could incorporate that in his fighting. I would imagine that he could. I don't know if he would be as good as he is on screen. Probably not. But I'm sure he could. I mean, he knows more than me. You know how much martial arts I know? Zero. Zero percent martial arts. Um, <laughs> Keanu Reeves is, in my opinion, perfectly casted as John Wick. Keanu Reeves is, as of this podcast, and when I say that, I mean 2022. That's when this, this episode came out. As of right now, Keanu Reeves is 57 years old. He certainly doesn't look at because he looks ageless. <laughs> he doesn't age. But I mean, at the same time, not to the point where you mistake him for being someone in his 20s. You can tell that he is an older man, but he's an older man who has good genes and he um, takes care of himself physical, physically. So um, he's perfect for the part of John Wick because John Wick is an assassin who is of legendary status. So we are to assume, you know, to reach legendary status, you can't just do a couple of jobs and then become a legend. You have to have done a lot of jobs and you have to have lived somewhat of a life to have done a lot of jobs. So he's old enough where we could believe he could be at retirement age as an assassin <laughs> um, in these movies, people are shocked that he chose to retire. But when does somebody retire from the assassins business? To me, I would imagine that an assassin maybe doesn't retire. Maybe the thing that takes you out of the assassin business is, is being assassinated. <laughs> so you kill until you're killed. Um, but it also is believable that if you are doing a job that's as physically demanding as an assassin, or at least the way they portray it in these movies, and if you, you're, you're doing it for as long as John Wick has been doing it, that it would keep you in shape. Not only that, I'm sure you, I'm sure John Wick would have some sort of exercise regime and special diet to keep him in shape because he wants to be a top physical condition for his, uh, for all the, you know, fighting and running that he has to do. Um, he's going to get slowed down if he's too heavy. And, uh, Keanu Reeves has the body of a much younger person. I mean, when I think of a man who's 57, I usually, you know, just an average, you know, person, just a man on the street. I, I, I definitely picture someone who, who doesn't have the, the physical shape of a Keanu Reeves. You know, I picture a heavier man, but Keanu Reeves is in shape. So you combine his, um, you know, his, his weight and his, his build with his, um, his age, he's perfect for the part of 
of John Wick. Like you can't just easily think of other actors his age who are immediately as believable in the role. But it's not just important to have the physicality and the age to play John Wick. I think the audience has to be on your side because when we first meet him, we are given enough background story that we are to feel at first sympathetic that he lost his wife. So we feel for him. The fact that he's played by a big movie star like Keanu Reeves, who we already have positive feelings for, helps when we see Keanu in a movie, we immediately assume we're going to like his character. So he's got that going in his favor. But we are sympathetic when we learn that he lost his wife to a terminal illness, and we are double sympathetic when they kill his dog. Killing a dog in a movie is a, is a movie sin. They try to avoid it as much as possible. Like this idea that you lose your audience if you kill the dog. Well, in this case, they went in and killed the dog. But I think they wanted to do that. They wanted the audience to be as angry as John Wick is when that happens. So when John Wick goes on his revenge rampage, we are there with him. We are rooting for him to, to get the guy that got his dog. And although we are still sad by the end of the movie that the dog got killed, we feel happy that John Wick has a new dog. And also John Wick saved that dog's life because he released that pit bull from uh, animal shelter that they were going to euthanize that dog, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to believe that these dogs aren't going to get adopted and they're going to, you know, get put down and John Wick saved that dog's life. I was thinking, what would it be like if the John Wick franchise had existed already, if they had made this this franchise in previous decades. So what I did was I went back and in my mind, I casted John Wick as an actor with an actor from that decade that in my opinion could have played the part based on, you know, various things, physicality, age, just the idea that they'd be believable in the role. You have to take into account what movies were like in that decade. So you're not going to assume that it'd be exactly like how it is in the 2010s or 2020s. It would have to match how action movies were done at that time. And there are definitely some actors that I picked that I changed my mind later on. So, um, but after reviewing it over and over again, <laughs> these are the people that I picked. And if you, if you agree or disagree, let me know on Twitter. I'd love to hear your opinion. If they had made the John Wick franchise in the 1960s, I believe John Wick would have been played by Lee Marvin. If they had made the John Wick franchise in the 1970s, I believe John Wick would have been played by Clint Eastwood. Now I'm going to abandon the body type for a second because of the, the decade that came next. 
So <laughs> I got to I got to go with the obvious one. In the 1980s, John Wick would have been played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, not the lean, mean body type that John Wick usually is, but with the 80s, all bets were different. In the 1990s, I believe that John Wick would have been played by Nicolas Cage. Um, <laughs> is it cheating if I give you two names for the aughts, the 2000s? At first, I thought Jason Statham, but I, as much as people like Jason, and I think that he is a great choice for the part, I still think that one of the things that all my choices previous to to Jason Statham were were that they were big movie stars because I'm still picturing the franchise being led by a star, you know, because it's mega franchise starring a mega star. And, and I'd say Will Smith, you know, which might seem like a weird choice, but I think that if you think about it, it could work. <laughs> I did a poll on Twitter recently where I asked of these two Keanu Reeves franchises, which one do you like more the matrix or John wick? John wick one. <laughs> uh, per I personally like the John wick franchise more than the matrix franchise. It's easier to understand for starters. There's a lot of technical and spiritual mumbo jumbo that you have to kind of keep in mind when you watch those matrix films that are, um, the lore of the John Wick films are a little easier to go by there. There's less, less to learn, less to know. And, uh, yeah. So I hope that if you haven't seen these movies, I haven't spoiled them to the point where, uh, you're turned off because if you like kick ass action films, you're in for a treat <laughs> with these movies. They're so good. They're so good. Ah, they're so entertaining. I hope you check them out. And I hope, uh, I hope John Wick four comes out next year and, uh, becomes very successful and we get a John Wick five. This might be a little bit of a different episode than usual. And then again, I'm not really sure what you expect from me with each episode other than just hanging out and having a casual conversation about movies, which I think we, we actually did, but thank you. Thank you for hanging, hanging out with me. I, I always have a good time chit chatting with you about movies until the next time we do this, please take care of yourself and take care of yourself. You're, you're worth it <laughs> until then. Aloha.